Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Our text for this Easter Sunday is taken from our gospel reading. I'll read a portion of it again. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. If you would bow your heads with me in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the risen Lord and Savior. You are the King of kings. You have brought about the greatest event in all of history when you rose from the dead. And when it comes, and with it comes the promise of our rising to, not, to new life with you again. Fill our hearts with thankfulness and praise as we wait for the time when you will come again and when we can eat from that tree of life in the new and heavenly Jerusalem. We pray it in your precious and holy name and all God's people said, Amen. Grace and mercy and peace to you from God, our Father, and from the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Forty, day, forty days ago, we began the Lenten season, and one of the questions that I asked people to think about is the image in which they would see and understand God. And one of the things that we talked about, one of the images that we described is that God is a gardener. A gardener may not be the first image that comes to mind, but as we think about God in the beginning of time, the first thing that he created was a garden, right? In Genesis chapter 2, it tells us that the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And our first parents had the whole world to be a part of. They could go wherever they wanted. They could explore God's good creation. They looked with awe and wonder upon the creation that God has, had made in the world. And out of all of the places that God had given to them, he gave them one place that was more special than the rest of the world. It was the garden. The garden of Eden. And while we don't know all the details of the garden we do know that it was a beautiful place, a perfect garden. I believe that if we could see it today, it would take our breath away. There were trees of every variety. There were animals of every kind. Nothing was out of place. There was food to eat. There was work to do that was enjoyable, delightful for Adam and Eve. And they would meet each day and walk with God and see him face to face in the cool of the day. And out of all of the trees in the garden, there were two that God pointed out in particular. There was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when Adam and Eve were tempted by Satan, when they chose to disobey God and to eat the fruit that God commanded them not to eat, 
they fell from God's grace. And they began a downward spiral of sin and suffering and hardship and pain that would eventually lead to death. And it didn't just affect them. It affected their relationships with each other. It reflected their relationship with God. It would reflect and be a part of every person who would come after them, who would be born from them. And so it comes to us today that we too are a part of this downward spiral of sin and suffering and hardship and pain. And yes, one day we too will also die. Throughout the 40 days of Lent, we were reminded that God used trees to tell a story. Trees that served as signposts, trees that served as markers along the, the way for people to point to and say, remember that story. When people fell into sin. Or remember that story when God showed his grace and his mercy and his love. And as we read the Easter story for today, while we don't see the tree of life, we're introduced once again to the author of life. And Scripture has told us that when he comes again, he will introduce us at that time to the tree of life once again, that we can eat from and live forever in his presence in the new and heavenly Jerusalem when Christ will come again. So today we're going to look at Jesus, the author of life, and the tree of life. And that becomes the theme for today's message, Jesus and the tree of life. A man by the name of Matthew Sleeth was a former doctor, and he told a story about he would, before the time he ever became a doctor. He said his first job was actually working at a hospital as a security guard. And he said in that position... They asked him to do different things. He would sometimes go to the emergency room where we, he would have to break up a, a scuffle or an argument or a fight, or sometimes he would have to go out into the parking lot and deal with a drunk that was there. Sometimes he would wheel a body down to the morgue. But he said most of the time he simply walked around. He said there was one Saturday as he was walking around where he walked past the surgical waiting room. He said there were always families that were there. There were different, sometimes it was a couple, sometimes families. And on this occasion, he noted the different families that were there and an elderly woman that was sitting by herself. And as he walked and did his rounds throughout the day, he came back by and he saw families come and go. But the elderly woman remained there by herself. At the end of the day, when he made his final round, he walked by again and he saw the elderly woman there again by herself with a handkerchief that was filled with tears. And the next morning when he came back, he walked past the waiting room and she was still there by herself. And he said, something isn't right. And so he went down to the unit next to the waiting room and he asked the secretary if she knew what had happened to the woman or why she was still there. 
And the secretary said, I don't know, but I will find out. She said, I'll begin to investigate. And so she went down and she went into the waiting room and she began to talk with the woman. And after a few moments, she came out of the waiting room and she hurried down the hall and she got a nurse and she brought her back and the two came in and talked with the woman who was there. And then they got up again and went down the hall to another room. The security guard, as he was telling the story, found out later that this woman's husband had had surgery the day before. And the doctor had said to her that after the surgery, he would come and tell her what had happened and just assure her that everything went okay. But before he could come there, he was called away to another emergency. And he never came to see the woman. And she sat there by herself, and she came to the conclusion that her husband had died. And she wondered who she was going to call. She wondered what she was going to do. She began to make funeral plans in her mind as she sat there by herself. And when the secretary and the nurse came down, they escorted her down the hall to a room where her husband was at. And her eyes were filled with tears, and all she could say to her husband was, I thought you were dead. Well, her husband didn't have his hearing aids in. So he said, what? She said, I thought you were dead. He goes, what? She said, I thought you were dead. She said, I love you. And he said, I love you. And the two embraced. I can only imagine that first Easter morning, what it was like for the women that went to the tomb. That they not only thought that Jesus had died, they knew that Jesus had died. They were there on that Good Friday. They saw Jesus when he was beaten. They watched as he tried to carry the cross up to Golgotha. They were there and they witnessed the nails as they pierced his hands and feet. They struggled with their Lord as he took every breath from the cross, those six hours he was there. And when he breathed his last, they knew he was dead. They watched as Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus let down his body and wrapped it in linen and hurriedly placed it in a tomb because the Sabbath was coming. And they made their way home. And the women on that Easter Sunday just wanted to take just one more minute to honor Jesus, to anoint his body. But when they got to the tomb, the stone had been rolled away and an angel was there. And the angel said to the women, He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Now go and tell the disciples. And so as they hurried away, again, Scripture tells us that Jesus appeared before them and all they could do was fall down at his feet and embrace him and worship him, Scripture says. Trying to make sense 
recognizing the emotions of fear and joy and confusion that were going on, trying to put the pieces together. But what they knew was that Jesus was before them and they went to tell the disciples. In Hanover, Germany, there was a grave on which two huge slabs of marble and granite rested. They were cemented together and fastened with two iron clasps. It belonged to a woman who didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. She strangely directed those who were to bury her that the grave be made secure, that just in case there was a resurrection, it couldn't reach her. Her marker was inscribed with these words, this burial place must never be opened. But there was a seed that fell by the slabs of stone that began to grow. And as it pushed its way up between the rocks and up out of the soil, it continued to grow. It was a tree that enlarged until the great slabs of stone gradually shifted and the steel clasps were wrenched from their sockets. The tiny seed that had become a tree pushed the stones aside. This is just a small example of the power of God when he raised Jesus from the dead. Just a small example of the power of Almighty God when he will raise everyone from their graves on the last day. Every person who has ever drowned at sea, every person who has ever been cremated, every body that's decayed in the grave, God will one day call them forth and raise them from the grave. Unbelief will not be able to stop the resurrection. But faith, faith in the followers of Jesus Christ is the open door that receives the blessings of God. Blessings that he guarantees because of his resurrection from the grave. A new and glorious body will be given to us. A new heaven and earth will be shared with us. And we will live with God for all eternity. Have you ever wondered what the new creation will look like? Here is one rendering, I think the next picture that we have. One artist's rendering of what that new creation will look like. A river of life, Scripture says, flowing from the throne of God and from the Lamb. It will flow down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river will be the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, giving fruit every month, and its leaves will be used for the healing of the nations. For most of us, I imagine if I were to go to your house, in your family room or your entertainment room, your best chair would probably face the television set, right? Probably. What does God's throne chair face? It faces his new creation. It faces the river of life. It faces the tree of life the place where the nations will gather 
to drink from that water and to eat from that tree. And they will be there in the presence of God. Again, Scripture tells us that the throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. They will see Him face to face and they will reign forever and ever. Why? Because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia and Amen. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our risen rock and redeemer, and all God's people said, Amen.